0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When we talk with others about our Christian lives, the walk that we're having with our Lord, one of the temptations that we tend to fall into is to, well, for lack of a better term, we sugarcoat it. It's very much a similar experience to having a conversation with someone like at a polite cocktail party or a dinner, and they're talking about the best stock picks they made this year and what percentage growth they saw from them while all at the same time conveniently forgetting to tell you about the substantial losses they suffered on a number of S&P 500 companies, unless it just so happens to be fashionable at the time to do that. We want to convey both to others out there and perhaps even to ourselves that everything is just fine. I don't have a doubt in the world about God and his love. And I know that everything, every day, is going to be all right. Because, after all, St. Paul says in Romans 8 that all things work together for good. So even if things seem dark and dreary, everything is going to be okay. That's what I like to call façade Christianity. It's not genuine Christianity because it sometimes tells lies rather than admitting the truth. The veneer of our soul is painted with the perfect smile and we can't let anyone know the true doubts, the fears and concerns that we have about the world falling apart around us because and I'm going to speak for myself, because sometimes I just don't want everyone to think that there's something wrong with me. Everyone else seems confident in God. Everyone else seems to experience the love of Jesus. Why not me? Or, as a priest, it sometimes seems like everyone else has all these great outstanding ministries, and maybe just, maybe I'm a second-rate Priest, and then, you know, you start all the calculating and the statistics and everything like that. It happens to us, too, by the way. Well, part of what I want to say is this. Never be ashamed about doubts. Never be ashamed about having a troubled or a shaken faith. Never be ashamed of seeing everyone else having some sort of blessing in their lives and wondering what is going on with you. And the reason I say that you should never be ashamed about these things is that our Holy Scripture is full, brimming full of people who are just like you and me, who have had the exact same thoughts and worries. We think of doubting Thomas or denying Peter or even laughing Sarah. Or King David, whose psalms sometimes tug at the heartstrings of someone who feels utterly abandoned by God. And if you think it's just the biblical characters that you might hold this in common with, read through some of the biographies of many of the saints, both ancient and modern, and you'll see this common thread. And today, from our gospel, We have the same type of language from none other than St. John the Baptist. John was the forerunner, the herald, who announced to the Jews that the time had arrived for the appearing of the Messiah. Prior to this, the prophecies that had been recorded looked forward to the coming of the Messiah at a future event, but John instead said not to look forward for a time to come, But look now, and depending on which accounts you read in the gospel, John eventually got into quite a bit of trouble with authorities for talking about the difference between a good marriage and an illicit marriage. This not only saw him thrown into prison, but eventually John was executed, beheaded because of an oath that King Herod made at a drunken party. But before this miscarriage of justice was complete, John is in his prison cell and he's beginning to have his doubts. After all, John knew what the prophets had said. When the Messiah comes, peace and justice will rain down. When the Messiah comes, the oppressed will go free the poor will be fed, and those wrongfully imprisoned would be released. When the Messiah comes, the creation would be set right. And now the Messiah is come. He is here in the flesh, and yet it seems to him that nothing is happening other than, well, a few healings and maybe a few good sermons and a few people being fed. And part of John's question, as we have it recorded, is both an admonishment of Jesus, but also that doubt that we all have from time to time. Are you the one we've been waiting for? Are you the one? Because, well, I'm still in prison, The Romans are still here, and they're brutalizing our people. And I'm not seeing anything really working out like I thought it would. I mean, after all, I baptized you, proclaimed you to be the Messiah, and then there was that whole heaven-opening thing and the voice saying that you are God's Son. So, are you or are you not? Am I wrong? Do we need to wait longer? To this question, Jesus answers, and this is not a rebuke of John, but with a direct answer of this. Here are the things that are happening around you, things that you may be able to see, but certainly you have heard reports about. And so you, John, poor, and in prison, good news has been brought to you. Figure it out. What do you see? What do you see, even if it's not quite what you expected? I want to be as clear as I can be on this. The doubts that John had, the doubts that you and I have from time to time, the lack of faith that sometimes besets us and causes us to become despondent is sometimes the gateway to great faith. With that in mind, Jesus' answer to John is not a flippant answer, but an answer that requires John and us too when we're like John. To dig down deep to the depths of our soul and to answer the question for ourselves. And to answer that question for ourselves, we need to ask two questions Has God been faithful in the past? Has God ever failed in any of his promises? Today is Gaudite Sunday, and as you can see just here, the rose-colored candle is now lit. And we call it Gaudite Sunday because of the old custom of sometimes naming Sundays for the first word of the introit spoken at the beginning of the liturgy. Gaudite is Latin, and it means rejoice. And so today is a day of rejoicing. We call to mind St. Paul's letter to the Philippians with that wonderful exhortation, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So how does all of this work together, this questioning of St. John the Baptist, the season of Advent, the marking of Gaudite Sunday? Well, one of the tools that we use as Christians to help develop deeper spiritual disciplines or to become more engaged in our prayers and reading of Holy Scripture is to actually do it. If you want to have a deeper life in prayer, you pray more. You don't think about praying more. You just pray more. The same can be said about being thankful. You practice becoming more thankful by expressing your thanks, calling to mind the blessings that you have received from the food on the table to maybe the job that you have, all the way to the life that you have been given itself. And we also render thanks for the redemption of creation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And I know I say this often and over and over, that's why we call this the Eucharist, the Great Thanksgiving. We are here for no other reason today than to recall and to give thanks. And in the same way, when we have these doubts, these questions about what God is doing, what my role is in it, what the church's role is. We take a step back and remember both in our lives, the lives of the saints, the lives of the characters in the Bible, we recall all the faithfulness of God and that sometimes the way that God operates in this world is not what we expect. Sometimes it is even the last thing we expect. Jesus sending this message to John about all that is happening is to help remind John of the words of all the prophets who foretold the Messiah's reign. Jesus is showing John that it is so, even though it may not be exactly what John had expected or anticipated. When we find ourselves in John's place and asking these same questions, Our first response is to recount the promises and see how they line up. And once we have done that, we will certainly rejoice in what we have come to understand about the faithfulness of God. Gaudite. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen.